Welcome to Who Knows Real Estate, episode 16, Leading a New Home Sales Team. I'm Kevin. And I'm Jim. And today, our guest, Stefan Nemenz of Copper Builders and Nemenz Real Estate, shares his experience leading sales of new construction projects and even pre-selling properties in a hot urban area. Today, we're lucky enough to have Stefan Nemens with us from Copper Builder and Nemens Real Estate. Stefan, I've known you for quite some time. but uh, We have. We've become good <laughs> friends over the years. Yeah, but unfortunately, not, uh, not everybody else does. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you're doing today? Yeah. Um, I got into real estate right out of college in 05. It was 05. It's been a long time now. <laughs> but uh, uh, came on with Ryan Homes in sales right out of college. Got my real estate license with them. Uh, I was with them for a solid four years. Uh, and then went into a part of the remodeling industry for a while and then got back really full-time into real estate in 2014 uh, with Copper Builders. And then I, I formed my own um, real estate firm, which is Nemens Real Estate as well. So um, I have a pretty well-rounded background in terms of uh, new home construction, really specifically on the sales side. So I've sold everything from like first-time home buyer townhomes to a 55 plus to custom townhomes like around a million, um, custom single families around a million, and then recently a, a really killer project in South End, which is you know townhomes and like the high fives and sixes. So um, I think I've pretty much hit all the categories in terms of uh, uh, working with different buyer groups. At yeah. This point. And that's a fun thing to talk about, like what you've seen and what you see, how you see markets changing, if they're changing at all. So is that maybe somewhere we could start is like South End, you've been in, for folks that don't know where South End is, it's kind of like the the go-to spot in Charlotte for all the millennials and, and whatnot, maybe even older than millennials. Even guys like me who are like cusp millennials on the older side. Right. You know, I, I like to think I'm young again and get down there and hang out. <laughs> Well, this is the second project you've done in South End in the last four years. It's true. Yeah, Lumina was the first. Yep. Uh, this will be the second. And what have have you seen things change as far as buyer profiles in that time? Or um, yeah, I mean, I think I've seen it change across the board. Um, you're dealing with you're dealing with buyers who buy homes like they buy stuff on the internet. You know, like hmm. any of us, we go on Amazon or whatever we're looking for. The first thing we do is Google it. Yeah. We don't go to Best Buy and look for it. You know, if it's a tech item or we don't even go to the we don't even go to the, uh, the uh, you know, if we're looking for furniture, we just go on Wayfair. You just find it online. You look at the reviews, you compare it to other stuff, and then you kind of narrow it down and go from there. OK. And so I've seen the same thing happen with um, buyers now, especially the millennium buyers. Um, but even every other market, uh, I've seen that they operate the same way. So. Specifically, the millennials, it's becoming a huge buyer group. I mean, they know more than you do sometimes. At least wow. it feels that way. Like how so? Can you give us an example? I mean, they they know your competition. Um, they know price per square foot a lot of times. They know what's included. Uh, they know the new projects coming up. They are very educated. educated. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it takes me by surprise you know, you can sit there and talk to a buyer and it feels like they're in the real estate industry. Yeah. Just because there's so much readily available online. Okay. What about like the sense of urgency? Obviously we're still in a, a, a it's, it's a buyer's market or sorry, a seller's market right now. Absolutely. I mean, do they, do they notice that? Do they think about that? Oh, they do. And that's the other good thing about, you know, 
the education out there and the information out there, they understand the market. So they know it's a seller's market. They know there's a super limited amount of inventory. And so when they come in, they know they have to make a decision. Quite different from working with like a 55 plus buyer who has a lot more options. And we can kind of talk about that later. But this millennial buyer, especially up here in South End, they know they got to make a decision. Yeah. And so they start narrowing it down. Which is wrong, which is awkward because when you're over 55, you've got less time to live. So. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it. Uh, I'm approaching that age, so I can make fun of that. Yeah, you're, you're I'm almost entitled there. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, man. So, yeah, that 55 plus buyer, there's a lot of 55 plus communities, and they won't settle. In their mind, that's the last house they're going to buy. Yeah. And it's got to have everything perfect. Yeah. They're not going to settle. And with as much options as there are out there for them, they don't have to. Now, you're, let's contrast that with your millennial type or a little older than a millennial in your South End townhome buyer. They have like a plan B all the time. Like, they're like, if, uh, well, you know, if we move or need something else, we'll rent it. Yeah. We'll Airbnb it, you know. Or whatever. Or we'll sell it. Yeah. You know, they they have a mindset of like, let's get ahead of the progress. Hmm. I think they've all they've learned that as well as all of us have. Like, let's get ahead of the progress. Yeah. You know, in South End you've got all these tech com- companies coming, Honeywell, Lowe's IT, you've got uh Truist, um, you've got I just heard Chase is moving here. Yeah, I did hear that. I mean, that's thousands of jobs. Mm-hmm. I probably missed a couple in there, but oh, I'm sure that I mean six figure, you know, high paying jobs that like um, Lowe's IT is a great example. They wanted to put that in Mooresville. I heard from somebody, but you can't. I mean, can't attract a lot of talent yeah. in yeah. Mooresville. They don't want to leave South End. Right. You can't li- ride your lime scooter to work. Like, what's the point? <laughs> 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 is there a push too from like? We've seen rents accelerate in the Charlotte area too. So is that a big factor too? Where they're like, hey, I'm tired of paying three or four grand a month in rent. Why don't I just dump that into this condo and pay less? It has to. And yeah. the people I've talked to, it is. Uh, I've seen more and more renters in the market, which has been a change for me personally. Yeah. Um, I've seen some renters get kind of comfortable. But to your point, rent is escalating quickly. Uh, and every time a new project goes up, the rent's higher than the previous one. And so... At a certain point, renting feels like you're just throwing money away. Yeah. And yeah. in certain areas, you know, they're not making any more. Well, they're not making any more land anywhere, but there's just nowhere to go. Everything's infill. So you, it's, there's a good chance, unless the market has a major recession, that you're going to be pretty good at, in the, on the equity side of things. Right. Yeah. It's kind of even, uh, no, no way is it recession proof, but when you're in that kind of area where that many jobs are coming and, and there's that much to do and people want to, there's that much demand to live there. It's kind of insulated. It is kind of insulated. I'm kind of jealous myself. I wish <laughs> I could buy them all. <laughs> Can we talk about like when you're working with buyers? I, I always like to hear from your standpoint on what you'd like them to see, like ha- what they have in order or like if there's red flags you see from them. Or- yeah. I mean, I like dealing with educated buyers uh, because I- I'm of the mindset when you're selling a project, you should have every piece of information that they'll need. It think about it from the standpoint of, you know, they really shouldn't have to go anywhere else to do their due diligence. Like you should be able to show them everything right there, and have them sign a contract. 
now it doesn't always work like that because people you know don't all make decisions that quick but um, so i like working with people who have you know they have their pre-qualification they understand what their monthly payment's going to be you know they understand you know how much flexibility they have in terms of like hoa dues and taxes and all that kind of stuff um, they looked at their competition you know they've driven by the site all that kind of stuff that i like to see that in a buyer that tells me they're like they're ready to make a decision yeah and so and you can contrast that with people who are just starting to look they're like oh well you know we got to look around and that kind of stuff and so i i tend not to spend as much time if, if folks haven't done the research on their own because that's that millennial buyer they want to do it themselves yeah they want to go out and do the research they want to read the reviews so to speak talk right. to their friends that kind of stuff right besides them not like having wanting to keep looking around or like are there any red flags you see sometimes you're like this yes the major red flags always um the first one is you know if if they're like you know we asked for like a thirty thousand dollar emd right right like uh you know are are you flexible on that (laughs) i'm like no if you don't have five percent of you know the the price you know in a jumbo loan i mean I don't know if you should buy this house. True story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you should not get into a $600,000 house if you don't have like a good bit of money saved up. You just, you shouldn't put all your money in the house. Right. It's just not a good, good way to go. So that's like red flag number one. And then uh, the other red flag is buyers who want to change a lot of stuff. Mm. So the buyer comes in and I've had tons of experience with this and they're like, well, can we change this and do this and move that and move this? What they're really saying is that the, the house just doesn't fit what they need. That's a good point. And I have run down the road with people like this too many times and it never works out. It's almost like the ones that are the neediest in that area never buy or they cancel because they're trying to fit like a square peg in a round hole. Yeah. So it's better to just kind of like, get to the bottom of it and like, okay, what's really the hesitation here? Yeah. And see, and usually it's something doesn't fit in the plan. They're trying to make it fit. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, you, you bring up a really good point because my mindset is usually they're a pain in the ass and I don't want to deal with them. But the, but, <laughs> yes. but the, the flip, like to your point though, it's really, they're trying to make something work. That's not going to work. Right. Like, Hey, can you rebuild this for me? Yes. Is essentially what they're saying. Yes. That nobody wants to do that, right? And it never, rarely works out. That's right. like a one out of a hundred. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe my approach is good then. You're a pain in the ass. Just <laughs> yeah, get out just, of here. yeah. Don't bother me. What you probably did is a really good job of selling them, and they're excited and they're trying to make it work. Yeah, that's a good point. So, cheers to you. Well, yeah, I didn't say it happens very often. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys offer like semi customizations on houses Depends if they like, the pre-purchase them? Depends on the neighborhood. So, like, we have a custom. Right now, I'm selling a custom single-family project in South Park, which is like 900 and up. And so, yeah, that's full custom. The project in South End is very minimal, uh, and because there, you know, there's 31 townhomes, we're going to build them all really one after another in the four buildings, I mean, you can't manage customizations in that scenario. So we want to limit it. So there's probably like five things you can customize. So like what like, are those five things? Yeah. Um, there's like three cabinet colors, two flooring colors, two backsplash colors. Right. And then you can add hardwoods to the bedrooms and some very limited stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, and I think we can achieve that because we've went way high end on the quality. 
So you don't have to upgrade to get the quartz top with the waterfall sides. That's just a standard, right? Hmm. Uh, you don't have to upgrade to get frameless glass in your master or tile on the floor. So I think you can limit the options when you go high end. Yeah. But there are other builders out there in the same space. And I've talked to a lot of, you know, prospects about it. You know, you walk in and it's like it takes you 40, 50 grand to get it to be nice and you still have to add the rooftop terrace which is not included so the buyers they don't like it they're coming over to our place like man this is awesome everything's already in the price we don't have to guess what's in it you know they're okay with a higher price with more stuff in it yeah well you you've i'm sure you've done it both ways coming as long as you've been in it where you yeah. started with too many options and oh yeah just- and we have done custom townhomes in south park which were like you know, seven, eight, nines, and, you know, where all 33 townhomes were different, and our project manager almost killed me. But it was an epic project, which is Easton Park. That's beautiful. And you drive in there now, and it's killer, and everybody knows it. It's it's hard to pull off, but in that price point, I think it's something you have to offer. Yeah. Have you seen those demands or those desires from customers change over time and, like, the custom customizableness of it, or...? Yeah, we're living in an area of craft, uh, era of craft everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's easy to go online and get a tailored suit. You know, you don't have to go to, like, Nordstrom and get measured and spend, you know, three Gs on a suit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was looking at custom suits the other day for, like, 500 bucks, you know, flex fit and all the stuff and free returns. And that's the mentality now, I think. And people people like it. Uh, but again, it's all about demand. It's like in South End, like we really don't have to do it. I mean, because the demand is so high, you know, we know we can, we can offer really nice stuff, but a limited amount and it's going to be fun. Now in South Park, you know, we've got another town on project coming up later in the year down there. You're darn sure it's going to be custom uh, because that that buyer wants it for sure. So there's, I think it depends on the area. Is and the, the age, right? It's, those are two different age profiles. Very different age profiles. That's a great point, Kevin. Yeah, well, I don't have many, so. <laughs> <laughs> we better write this one down. <laughs> so can we talk a little bit about the floor plan too? Because I'm sure you yeah. have your, your hand when you guys are working on some of these. Oh, yeah. Have you seen any of the floor plan styles change recently? Yeah, or? I mean, I think the one everyone's become familiar with is just the open concept you know, yeah. quote unquote, where everything's kind of connected, yep. you know, in terms of the main living space, which actually is a great way to live. They live well. But the other thing that's becoming really popular is like huge outdoor spaces that are okay. like mm. connected, um, you know, where, you, you know, even more than one wall can be opened up. So it's like open air almost. Got it. Down here in the South, you've got to screen something in or you're going to be eating mosquitoes <laughs> for breakfast. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the connectivity between indoor and outdoor has become huge. And our climate's so mild down here that I think it's necessary. So, yeah. you know, the more I drive around and the more of these newer plans I see, that's the biggest thing. And everybody wants it. Like so, the number one thing I hear is when I say, what do you want? And they'll say master up, master down, open concept, huge outdoor space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're talking like different kinds of doors and whatnot too. So like three panel, four panel doors, accordion yeah. doors, things yeah. like that. Like we're doing a, you know, we included a 12 foot panel in this, this custom neighborhood we're building, right? Where the two middle panels open up into six feet. 
nobody even wants it. They're like, we want 12 or 15 feet. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You know, so they have these 12 and 15 foot door options that completely collapse where the whole wall is open. Right. And I mean, I don't blame them. You know, in that price point, if you want to do something like that, it's, you know, what's 15 grand in terms of a million or 1.1? Right. Get what you want. Right. Does outdoor space change at all for the older demographic versus like the millennials, especially in like townhome projects? I I don't. Well, like, do they do common outdoor area for everybody or? I think they both want the same thing. Like, I think everybody wants that generally, but it's harder to pull off in a townhome. And I think millennials know that. Yeah. So like in South End, for example, in that price point, like everyone's doing a rooftop terrace. Like if you don't have a rooftop terrace, I mean, you might as well not build it. You know, that's the thing. Everyone wants this like outdoor space. That's the only place to put it. And you get this cool city view. So it kind of works out right now. There's some other places um, like I'm getting ready to build some townhomes over like west of the stadium, Panther stadium. And the one we have huge backyards on these things, which is super rare for a $400,000 townhome. So we're going to do a really cool outdoor space because I think that if, you know, it's a huge selling point to have a big covered patio on the back of the house. So, um, I think if they had to choose, obviously they would take it, but it's really hard to find in like your lower price points. Yeah. When you talk about outdoor spaces too, with, with, Millennials, like I think they're probably dealing with. They know the size of the footprint too. So, outside of having the rooftop terrace, they probably know there's not an, another enough room elsewhere to go out with it, right? Yeah, exactly. You're on a postage stamp, right? You know, a lot of these, you walk out the back door and it's like a concrete three by three, and that's where you put your grill, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> on these little town home deals, you know. What about community, like things they want, or um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Amenities? Amenities, Amenities? yeah. Um, I mean, the closer in you get to Uptown, like, the less you're going to see. Right. Like, I think most people would just like a green space to hang out, which is even hard to pull off in a lot of these. Right. Because the price of land is so much, you need to stick townhomes there to make it work. Yeah, I guess it's just a proximity to things you can go do. Right. Green space or walkways or um, like light rail walk, whatever. Exactly. Like, where we're at on Main Street, I mean... There's no way we're getting green space. If there's green space, there's a townhouse there. But no one really cares. As long as they have a little place to let their dog out, which they do. I mean, you're walking everywhere. Yeah. Know? So um, because the, the living space is on the top floor. Now, if you don't, you're on that or the outdoor space is on the rooftop terrace, excuse me. But, you know, you get a little further out of the city. I think you have to have backyard space or green space in the neighborhood. If not, that's kind of a must to have kind of a park area or somewhere to walk your dog. Yeah. You guys certainly spend a lot of time on the townhome side of thing, mm-hmm. but you're you're also doing the custom homes. Yeah. What what kind of percentage do you think your business is? Is it like 80% townhomes and Well, this year, I mean, we're building 31 townhomes and eight single families. Yeah. Um when you look at the price of it, you know, a million dollar singles and you know, half a million to $600,000 townhome so you know we're getting in terms of dollar amount it's it's pretty close but um because we have some stuff up by the lake some singles up by the lake but we love those infill townhomes man they're cool projects yeah so i think we're going more and more that route wherever we can they build a lot of excitement they do and they get it's like you fit them in places where like the stuff already is talk about um what you're doing right now with the new one because you're you're actually 
You're taking reservations to have a reservation, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's like a pre-reservation reservation. I'll explain how this works. But so, I mean, with the demand of this thing, uh, you know, we put it on MLS, man, last Wednesday, which is six days ago. And we have 100 people on the VIP list. I mean, like, it, it's like wow. drinking from a fire hydrant. Yeah. And so I've been having, you know, five to six appointments a day at our office in South End for the VIPs just to go through, hey, here's the floor plans. You know, here's, we have this ridiculous digital video that it looks as real as you can get. Uh, it's like CGI, you know, that walks you through the floor plan and all the stuff. And what we're doing is we're not, we're releasing sales about a month from now. And it's a Saturday and we're lining it up with 30 minute appointments starting every, starting at 930 in the morning, going all the way till five. And so first come first serve. And so to reserve that time, you, you basically put down a thousand dollars, which is refundable and gets you a reservation certificate for that specific time a month from now. And so we've been, I mean, we've been, that's amazing, man. <laughs> is, how many, right? how many townhomes are you building on this project? 31. Okay. We so have, you've got three reservations. We for... have, th- we have nine, we have nine contract appointments. So wow. nine people have given a thousand dollars and like, we're real upfront. Cause I, what we don't want is that day being filled with tire kickers, right? People who might buy, like I'm Absolutely. real upfront and like saying for both of our good, Hey, listen, we really only want you to do this if you're serious. Yeah. If you're like 80% there, 85% there, that's cool. But if you're like 50%, 40%, you're like, yeah, I don't know. Like, let's not go down this road. Yeah. Because we, the whole point is to show up that day and have had all the information given to you. And you're really just picking your unit from what's available mm-hmm. and um, we're signing the contract. That's brilliant, though, because you're building up the hype, getting that pre-commitment. They're already thinking about it with, you know, they're significant another and they're ready to purchase when they show up. Yeah, it works really well. And having that month time frame allows us to get everybody the information because yeah. we don't we don't really want people making a, a, an uninformed rush decision, but we do want people to get their place in line if they are serious. So yeah. I think this really helps us do both of those things. Yeah, I mean, I went through this a lot, buying stuff um, pre-construction back in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, and times have changed then. I mean, I might be able to look at a rendering and like a floor plan, like not digital, not, not like, not no AI involved Just or anything. Yeah, like yeah, like a printed sheet of paper. Like what? Here, what? Here, yeah, they <laughs> still use that. Yeah, Water you had a printing. <laughs> you had a printer and a Xerox machine. I don't know if you know what those are, but <laughs> Jim, saw- I'm talking to Jim. Um, but yeah, so I think you've put a lot of time and effort into making these like digital or like movie like walkthrough mm-hmm. renderings, uh, 3D that that give people an honest you know, what it's going to be like. Oh yeah. It's worth every penny. Absolutely. It's our, it's our model home. Yeah. I mean, you I think, you know, we spent like just on that video, like seven grand. That's That's incredible. That's a deal. That's incredible. Oh yeah. To pre-sell 30 houses. But I had to pay double. Yeah. Not that I paid for it myself, but if it was mine, I'd pay double. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, maybe we'll tell tell the company that. The yeah, way, st- just pass it on to Stefan. He seems pretty he'll eager. Pay to, for it. Yeah, yeah, he'll pay for he it. He seems pretty eager to yeah, spend more. Even <laughs> maybe we'll edit that part out. 
No, but so uh, with the initial, like when they when they meet to give you a thousand dollars to get a reservation, yeah. are they looking at the walkthrough at that point? Yeah, so okay. they're sitting in the office and and it's really the VIP treatment because none of it's public yet. Right. So we want to well, make sure. Well, it is now. Well, now as soon as you broadcast yeah. this, yeah. So yeah. just give me a day or two. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we I, we have this big sixty inch screen on the wall, and I put the video up, and I walked. It's about three minutes long. Um, it's you know shows the full exteriors, uh, and then takes you inside the plan. Uh, you know, I pause it, and we can talk about you know they've even taken our exact finishes and put them inside the plan, wow. inside the house. So it's like you you can almost touch and feel it. As close as you can get. Yeah. Um, you can you, pan and zoom. and Yeah. So they don't have to guess in terms of, um, we can't zoom, but it's like a video, right? Mm-hmm. But they've done it so well that there's nothing that's missing. You can see every part. And so everything kind of goes on like a 360. So, you know, they don't have to guess at what the waterfall countertop are going to look like or what our cabinets. They even have our light fixtures in there. Nice. It's incredible. So, uh, and it's all to scale. It's all dimension. And then everything around it is in there. So like B of a stadium. Is I was like, going to say, so you mean externally? Like, yeah. Externally. Wow, skyline. So you look out on the Min street and you can see yeah. the warehouse. It's really there. You can see like a B of a tower that's right there. You can see the stadium that's there and it's really the real view. Yeah. That's amazing. It's, it's incredible. So like before they see that awesome video you guys did, how did you get the hundred people there? Like what did you put on the MLS that you think made your project stand out? Well, I mean, the first thing is, I mean, it's location, 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 right? That, yeah. That's the, the killer part of this particular project is, you know, our team, our president did an incredible job of getting this piece of land. I mean, I've had other people in the industry say, how the world did you get this? I'm like, it's this guy. <laughs> Don't ask me. I'm just grateful to be here, you know. But um, the I mean, you're walking into that. It's as close as you can get to Uptown without being in Uptown. Yeah. Um, but we have stills from that video of those renderings, and they're killer. And that's the second thing is like high def, high quality pictures. I mean, they'll never fail you. So we have some of these. We have like a full. It's like the full house in digital rendering in there, and you can just look at it and just. I I still so look it at looks it. real. Oh yeah, yeah. It's incredible. I I look at it every day, and I'm just like, how did he do this? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. We did that for a project out in uh, Gastonia. I don't know if it was that big of a bang, though. We certainly was not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember having any pre-appointments. No. (laughs) Pre-appointments to have another appointment? No. To pay $1,000 to then come? I can honestly say we never had that. What did you build out there? We did a um, commercial building. We refit it. um, Like, did a new facade on it. And then we were going to use it as a co-working space. And... Jim did a heck, Jim did a marvelous job, like getting it put together and the renderings and whatnot. Um, it was just way ahead of its time out there. Is what I'm <laughs> I, that was my next question. Like, yeah. I've had some rentals in Gastonia that did well and I made some money on, but I don't. And I know there's some revitalization coming, but like, what's is there anything going on out there? Well, there is now. Like, this was a year ago that this this really got started, and now um, they have broken ground on like what they're calling their fuse district out there. So they've been waiting on that for a while. Huh? They have, they yeah. have. Yeah. But li- literally they're, they're moving dirt around now. So I think things are coming as they, as we've probably been saying for 20 years about that place. <laughs> I know. But. I know. <laughs> it seems like it's just coming along, coming along. Right. Um, but I think, I mean, Belmont, I, I think is really helping yeah. kind of tie it together. 
I have in that 55 plus community, I, I was losing sales to a community in Cramerton. Yeah. There's a I'll, huge I'll, one out there. All places. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they feel like it's just part of Charlotte. It's well, that whole out there, you know, that whole, well, you're talking about Fort Mill though. I mean, yeah, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, Rock Hills almost become part of, it's true. We've really, we've really taken this podcast to a local, a really only. local level. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, this is national. This is worldwide. Yeah, it's worldwide. Yeah. China, Russia, yeah. England, <laughs> India. <laughs> We've got a translator that puts it into everything. Oh, well, yeah. perfect. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> no, but I get what you're saying. From a perspective, from that perspective, um, it is it is interesting to hear where you can have a metropolis like this, if you want to call it that, and have, you know, your community that's thirty miles. 25 miles how far is it i mean yeah it's probably 20 miles yeah 20 miles out but it can go one way or the other i mean obviously it can do that but fort mill is a pretty nice area like i mean that's i mean it's the fastest growing town in south carolina i think i want like a top 10 yeah Yeah. at least on this side of the country yeah well uh, yeah <laughs> South Carolina is its own animal, but yeah, probably Rock Hill and Fort Mill yeah. are two of the top yeah. ten. You've got the Panthers moving their practice facility to Rock Hill across the border, which is really going to tie that in. Yeah. And so, for listeners who aren't familiar with Charlotte, you know Charlotte's on the border in North Carolina, but on the border south. Right. So our metro area extends into South Carolina. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you come across the border and you're in Charlotte proper, right? Yeah. Like I live, uh, I live three miles from the border. I live in South Carolina, so. But I mean, once you come up 77 and cross the state line, yeah. that's actually Charlotte. Yes, yeah, actually Charlotte proper. Yeah, so you're right. We're right on it. So you guys do a lot of building and townhomes in pretty hot areas in Charlotte. We do. What are some of the differences you see when you go farther out to areas that aren't as hot and where everyone wants to be? Like any differences in the buyers or in what kind of product you guys push out? Uh, so you're talking in terms of like a south end right versus yeah versus like, like fort mill or yeah Gastonia. so when you get out into areas where there's a lot of land you run into track builders and so it's a lot harder for a smaller builder to compete we can't you know we can't build it you know whatever they're building at what is it maybe 60 bucks a square foot or who knows who yeah. knows i don't know you know we're, we don't know the cost of every nail that goes in that's what makes those guys efficient and so you know, they can take a piece of land and put up two or 300 homes and you can't touch the price. And so when we, we as a smaller builder, you know, and small, small, I guess in Charlotte, we're small to medium, you know, maybe we build around 40 to 50 houses a year, something like that. You know, we can't really play in that game. You know, we can't go out there and compete uh, with your Pultes and Lenars and that kind of stuff in terms of being out there in the burbs, so to speak. So for us, the farthest we have gone out is in Fort Mill with that 55 plus. But we only got it because it was kind of an infill right next to like mm. the old downtown Fort Mill. Yeah. So for us, it was kind of like a little bit of an infill because you could walk into downtown there. So, But in terms of what you get out there, you get obviously a much lower price per square foot, you know, more of that cookie cutter, you know, type of neighborhood, you know, kind of everybody gets one tree in their front yard. So, you know, and that's it. The whole thing is nuked. Um, and, it, you know, <laughs> it's what happens. Yeah. No, it's, it's clear cut. Yeah, sure. it's just totally clear cut. And, you know, you've got new shopping centers out there and you have all these little oases being built in the burbs. 
And a lot of times, you know, people like it because that's where the, you know, your best, like highly rated schools are. A lot of them are out there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you start having families and a lot of people want land. You get bigger yards, you get that kind of stuff. And so it's very different than what you find in like the infill kind of townhome type buyer. It's a good, I think we're a good area for that too. Somebody gave me a stat the other day that said we're like one of the top, I think I, for lack of a better term or my sh- crap memory, um, I think they said we're like a top baby chaser city. Me, oh, like, I, I got you. Yeah, like there's a lot of young folks moving here and then they're, the, their parents are coming here to follow the, yeah, the, the grandchildren. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My parents are coming. A couple years. They're in Ohio. <laughs> Straight shot down 77. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, over the last week of all the people I've met over here around the city, you know, with this new project, probably 75% of them were from out of town. Wow. Really? Yeah. There are all these out-of-town phone numbers. I thought it was spam at first, you know, like robo-dialers. Yeah. But <laughs> Until you took the first 10 calls. Until I there. took the first 10 calls, and it turns out they're real people. That's crazy. Where are they all coming from? A ton of people from New York, you know, Pennsylvania, Ohio, like me, Michigan, you know, kind of this that whole northern, northeastern part of the country. Not so much New England. Yeah. Rarely New England, but like New York, PA, uh, Ohio, Michigan. I like a lot of the like New York City area folks because they move down here and they're like, what? I can get this for like that price? Yeah. Like, that's incredible. They're, oh, a million dollars for 3,500 square feet? Sold. Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good feeling. <laughs> it is. They don't push back at all. Yeah. They're, they're like, they're, they're still afraid it's like a scam. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> is, what, what are you building this out of? <laughs> exactly. But I guess we're jumping around. Well, not trying to jump around, but I guess the other thing you get to the further out you go is for you, you get a slower sales cycle. That's a great point. Um, The further you get out, the more options there are. Yeah. And so, you know, you get out into the, you know, the bit, the belt loop around Charlotte and you find multitudes of neighborhoods. Every major track builder or production builder is out there. Yeah. There's a lot of options and, you know, People take their time and they look. Yeah. They're yeah. like, hey, I'm going to be 25 minutes from from Center City. I can go any direction I want almost. What are, What's available? Exactly. And, the, you know, the belt loop goes all the way around there. And there's people that look everywhere from, you know, a 10-mile radius, 15-mile radius around the city. Yeah. It takes a while to narrow that down. I had to drive up to uh, Kannapolis this morning. At, I was there at 8. Oh, Traffic was awesome going there. But then I was coming back at like 8.30 and traffic wasn't bad. So I don't know if the... Oh, that highway is awesome compared to the one like Gastonia, Belmont. Yeah. It is way larger now. Well, it's finally like completed. This is the first time in the 12 years I've moved here that like there's not construction on 85 really? going that way. I felt like, am I right? The 85 and 77 have been under construction for like 25 years. Yeah. I mean, we're behind the curve. A yeah. Lot. Yeah. I mean, when I moved here... They hadn't started the first edition to 485. Yeah. What do you mean the southern part? Yeah. Oh wow. And now they're starting like phase two of that. Yeah. And it's like mm. ten years prior. There's, I think it's it's probably difficult to really understand the volume of people that are about to move in your city. Yeah. Well, you start a project, you know, you plan a project two or three years before you break ground on it, and then yeah, like you said, how do you know? what the population is going to do in that time frame. Right. Now it's kind of clear, I would think, that it's going to keep exploding. Yeah, but it will be Atlanta in 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. 
Our highways won't, but we will be. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so so going back to the point of like the rural versus urban uh, markets where you guys are building, mm-hmm. obviously some of the urban markets are like in high demand. How are you guys finding that super desirable land, like the one right by the Panther Stadium? Like, I mean, how do you guys source those? So this is not what I do. Yeah. I sell the projects, but, you know, our president who who this is his job it's all relationships. Yeah, he's got the background for it, right? I mean, this is what he did. Mm-hmm. He was his previous employer. His previous employer, and he's got the relationships. I mean, you're not going to find this stuff on on MLS. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If it's on MLS, there's a. We're, you're a, not going to find it on LoopNet or <laughs> no, any commercial no. website. It, like you said, it's all. It is. None of it ever hits the market. Any of the good stuff, and so it's all relationships in terms of getting to know the guys who are developing it. You know, they buy it and they want to. They want to develop it. So, you know, we end up buying padded lots for X price. And so the developers, you know, making their cut from the development and probably from, you know, whatever equity they have in the in the dirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're good at it. Those guys that do it are really good at it. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. And so, I mean, the other side of this is the developer partner, which we that's kind of our model. We won't we don't like to self-develop. That partner is crucial because you can't build until they're done. So yeah. picking your partner wisely is, is huge. And sometimes you can't pick your partner because they own the dirt. So you got to make sure you work on that on the front end. Oh, you mean like the JV side of it or? Yeah. I mean, you know, you want this piece of land and this certain developer owns it. You're going to probably have to work with them. You know, you buy from them, but they also want to be the developer. Right. We see that more and more. Got it. So we can't buy it and then bring on our own developer. Right. Hmm. Well, I'm sure you guys have gotten better at that over the years because you've been through that a few times. Yeah, we've been through that a couple <laughs> times. We've learned our lesson. Um, the The guy we're working with now, um, he's the you know he's been incredible, and it's made the process you know seamless for us in terms of just the flow of information. Just having the information pushed to you instead of having to pull it out. Uh, is is crucial. It just allows us to plan and it gets the project to go off easier. Yeah. What's your typical like build timeline look like? So like on a custom build, like just as an example, like 3,300 square feet, you know, custom single family, six months. That's quick. That's really quick. Yeah. We have, we have some really good project managers, which helps. Those things can take up to eight depending on who's building it. That's still remarkably quick. It is. So as long as you can get it out of the ground, that's the key. So time frame of your, in terms of like when you start helps where we're at our rainy seasons in the winter. I mean, you could have a month of delays yeah. just right there. Easily. Well, yeah, depending on where you're at in construction. For yeah. Sure. But if you can get it out of the ground, you know, six months is pretty good. Yeah. Um, we don't tell people six months. We tell people like seven or eight months. Absolutely. But, you know, we can ease, I think we can deliver it in six months. Yeah. My answer is always it's eight, six or eight or whatever months from when we can pour footings. Yeah. Right. Exactly. We have the same answer. Yeah. <laughs> I just say it a little different. <laughs> On custom homes, are you guys actually building them for a customer who's like pre purchase? Yeah. So we'll yeah. do, we'll do like pre sale custom. So like that eight lot custom neighborhood we have, three of them are sold or meet under contract. And so we're taking them through like the custom process. They're meeting with the architect, 
tweaking the plan. Um, but you guys own the land, and you you're you're building it with your money before. But you're you've got like a non-refundable correct. Deposit. Yeah, so they're paying X dollars per hour to me with that architect. Plus we have a okay a deposit. So like on a full custom, like if it's a fully custom house, it's a ten percent deposit. Uh, if it's if it's our plan that they're modifying, it's seven and a half plus you know hourly charge for the architect. So in that price point, again, if if they don't have that, we don't want to work with them. Yeah, that's a so. But the people we're working with, it's no problem. Yeah, you know, and so it, it works out well, and, they, and that means they can get through the process, and they're not worrying about that I spend three hours or ten hours with the architect. They can just get what they want, and then whatever we don't pre-sell, we'll bid as we'll build as inventory. So we don't want to be in there building forever. We just want to build it out. So. Uh, we'll start probably, we're going to buy five of the eight lots right off the bat. And we'll start those one after another over probably 60 days. And then the other three we'll start right after that. Mm. So it's always a better deal for the buyer to buy pre-sale rather than inventory. Because yeah. you're going to pay more for that inventory home. And you're not going to get it the way you want it. And you're not going to get it the way you want it. And this is what I try to help pe- tell people just to help them. Uh, because obviously we're going to make more money if we sell it as an inventory home. And for the buyer, I'm, I try to explain to them, hey, if you get in now, the price is lower and you get it the way you want it. Yeah. And that's all day long, people in that price range, that's what they want. Is mm-hmm. They want it the way they want it. Yep. And that buyer is, I mean, they're savvy. And they know there's no inventory. I mean, they have just said it to me just without me asking they just say we know there's no inventory but mm-hmm. multiple people so we know we need to find something and build it yeah hmm. do you guys limit any of like the changes they do or a number of change orders once they've you know set so, the plans in place great question can that can that can really screw you up yeah. we try to do so at, at contract we we just do the base price and then we try to do like one monster change order at what we call a sign-off it's uh, to get everything in there at once, hopefully. Sometimes um, you have certain parts of the process kind of dragging a little bit. Maybe it's tile or maybe it's low voltage. You know, if we have to put that stuff on a separate change order, we will. But we really try to limit it. Yeah. You don't want floor plan changes once the mm-hmm. wall's already up. No, no. That, that's a nightmare. It, that's a nightmare. And, and, and the way our contract reads is it reads that if we allow the change... It doesn't mean we have to. If we allow the change, there's an additional fee after a certain date. For each change. For each change. It's like $500 per change. Plus the cost. Plus the cost, yeah. Mm. And it's really meant to be a deterrent. Right. Because it's expensive for the customer. It's expensive and time-consuming for us because we're we're holding the note. I I think $500. I know this this is part of you, but the other part is your partners in it. And like when you're the GC, you've got to – $500 $500 is not enough because you've got to stop whatever I was doing that day and I've got to go find somebody to come back <laughs> right. and I've got to get them to give me a price on it. I mean, it's there's multiple layers that you have to go do. It's just And, and then you're involved too. So, I mean, it's not only your time, it's the GC's time, it's it's everybody's right. time. Like, I feel like I should get the $500. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that every, I bet everybody else that's dealing with it so feels the like they framers, Because yeah. yeah. I, I have to pay off our project manager to not kill me. <laughs> yeah, true story, yeah. Yeah, and then you, to bring these guys back out, these subs, I mean, it's not like they're just going to be like, oh, okay, we'll come yeah. back out. Yeah. Like, 
they had that scheduled. You're getting trip charges for everybody. Yeah, this there was a timeline on this build, right? Mm-hmm. And now it, everything's out of whack. It is. You got to stop everything that's supposed to be going on. I think our project that. manager calls that like out of phase. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of some guys charging a percentage of the total build on like change order number one is one percent, number two is two percent, like that. Number three is three <laughs> percent of the whole build. Those get to be pretty that's expensive pretty uh, changes. You know, yeah. it really limits it. So like yeah. if you want 20 changes, that's cool. That's going to be an expensive. That's fine. Our margins just went way up. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, in reality, it probably cost Probably more. not. But <laughs> probably not. Probably break even. <laughs> All right. So we're going to try and wrap this up now. Do you want to uh, just tell folks a little bit about your company and, you know, kind of plug yourself and where you see yourself going in the next few years? I would be happy to. Cool. <laughs> so, uh, um, Copper Builders is a local Charlotte company. There's five of us in the company. So we're all, you know, we all came out of the same background, uh, working for the same production builder. Um, we got really well trained and we love to build really remarkable projects that people will remember. And so we have to this day, multiple projects that people know, they know these custom, certain custom townhome project called Easton park. They know Lumina in South End. And the one we're building in on on Min Street near the stadium is like the best of them all, I think. It's just killer. Like the architecture is just incredible. So we we love finding like just A plus locations. And so, you know, we don't we don't take outside money. Not yet. We haven't. And so, you know, everything we do is, you know, we're not we can't go out there and gamble, right? Because for us to gamble as a small company would be could be a huge hit. So you know, we're very conservative. We don't hold land. And so in terms of like buying large type projects where we like to bring in a developer partner and do that. So, you know, we're not going to ever get huge. We don't want to be a monster builder. We like to stay small. We like to stay agile. Uh, our projects are typically small, you know, eight to, you know, the end of the thirties is typically where we go in terms of our infill type stuff. Uh, so we've got some cool projects on the horizon, even after this coming up into South park. And, uh, we're looking at some other stuff and up in the South end area as well right now. Uh, and as far as myself, uh, I'll take this opportunity to plug my own firm, <laughs> which is Nemmons real estate. Um, so it's, uh, I do general brokerage with that, uh, which is, you know, buying and selling typical type real estate transactions. And a lot of, a lot of on the investor side, um, I've got some rentals that, uh, I've, had help some help from Kevin here take down <laughs> not on the money side but on the uh, just the you know a lot of answers to my questions in terms always of happy to help that. so I appreciate you on that side man where can uh, our listeners follow you and learn more about both your both your firms uh, so Copper Builders has a pretty killer website it's copperbuilders.com uh, if you want to check out that um, South End project which is really cool it's Altura southend.com so a-l-t-u-r-a southend.com and then if you have any specific questions you can email me it's uh, stefan at nemonsrealestate.com and you have a website yourself i don't okay <laughs> fair enough perfect well we'll link to all that in show notes yeah definitely thank you so much for taking the time yeah. i mean yeah this was a quick uh, turnaround and it was you just asked me yesterday yeah yeah <laughs> and i was like wait 
Hold on. There's only you have a podcast. There's. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. wait a minute. Have you not heard about it yet <laughs> on CNN? Well, he just came out of a cave. He's okay, been in a cave for yeah. 20 years. He's been on MSNBC. <laughs> no, no offense. No, but you're. Uh, you're. I mean, there's only so many people that are, are polished enough to come out and like turn this around in 24 hours. So, good on you for uh, for showing. Thanks, up. man. I, I did. I did print out the notes. Yeah. And it shows. I've got my playbook here. It shows. Were you in front of the mirror before you got here? Like yes. Yeah. I, I uh, got myself a, a a drink here. They're called Bang. It's, it's Bang a pre, Aminos. It's a pre-workout. <laughs> I was out in the parking lot doing push-ups before I came in here. I was amped. Getting that adrenaline. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I think my face hurts from laughing so much. <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, we'll end it here, and uh, hopefully, we can get uh, maybe maybe we get Tim in here for the next one. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd like to just sit in on it. All right, we'll bring you both. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, guys. All right. Appreciate see it. ya. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Who Knows Real Estate. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and check out our show notes for the guest contact info as well as ours. Be sure to look for our next episode. Thanks.